our game of the year for PS4 every year since PS4 has released. Find out what they are. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Triangle Square, a PlayStation podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, Mr. Saw Bridges with epi- Lucky Episode 66, right? I really hope it is 66. If not, just uh, correct us because we're really dumb. Uh, but Execute Episode 66. <laughs> okay, no, this has to be Episode 66 because I would have said that if it was like last week. Oh, Execute 66? Execute 66, sure. yeah. Anyway, we are a PlayStation Podcast, and you can find us every Monday at 10 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. CST on YouTube in video format. If you watch us on there, consider giving us a subscribe, hitting the freaking like button um, if you want to. You know, I really don't care that 66. much about that. It is 66. Thank yeah. you for, for looking that up. And, uh, you know, if you find us on there and you subscribe to us to keep up with what we're doing, that's great. And let us know your thoughts about every video we do in the comments below. We like to share with everybody. And then we can also find us in audio format on podcast services like SoundCloud, Spotify. No, wait, not Spotify. No, yeah, everything but Every Spotify. time I forget about that. Yeah, yeah everything iTunes, but. Google Play Music, all those places. But... One other thing that we always forget to talk about in this particular situation, which uh-huh. we, I guess we need to start waiting to the end of the episode. I don't really care. Uh, we, we do have a Patreon, so if you want to consider supporting us on there, a dollar, two dollar, five dollars, whatever you want to do, uh, just help support the show in some form or fashion. But as we've always said, the show will remain to be free for the remainder of its life. We try to do this as minimal and without having any people messing in with our thoughts, our wants, and needs. And Saul's over here looking at Game Boys. <laughs> I love it because they all look cool, but... Yeah, I'm looking at Game Boy, Boy get, Advances to get that Suicween one, Saul. Suicween, <laughs> Suicween. Look, I was a dumb eight-year-old, nine-year-old. When did Crystal come out? Like 2000, probably so nine. Uh, so anyway, but, uh, so Brett, so, what have you been playing? No, I'm gonna cut you off right there. Fine, you go ahead, Brett. Yeah. What, no, I just asked you. You go ahead. Okay, I was saying, go ahead and steal my segment. Uh, I have been playing, uh, let's see, I don't think I had beat Vampire last time. I was on the cusp of it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, you were You were very so, close. Uh, with that said, I have beaten Vampire, and I liked it a lot. I will not go for Platinum on the game, just because, I mean, as much as I enjoyed it, and it's good, and I'm glad that it was what I wanted from the game, it's not necessarily a game I can, I can see myself wanting to go through again to Platinum, partially because you have to go through the whole game without... Um, Embracing is the wording they use, anybody. So you have to go through the whole game, uh, which I did very minimal of, but towards the end of the game, uh, whenever I'd done a lot of the side quests, I was like, okay, well, it didn't matter if I kill them off. I didn't think, I didn't bother looking at the trophy list. It's actually my fault. Um, oh, God. So, yeah, that, that may require a lot of back and forth. Yep. I've gone back and did Detroit, uh, got my platinum for that, uh, saw the final outcomes that I had not seen yet. Really good, surprising. Uh, one of my biggest things about saying I didn't want to go back and do heavy rains is that I didn't feel like they were going to be different enough outcomes where that was, in this game, they are different enough and they were written well enough that I think it was worth going back and seeing more of. Like, I know that you're not probably interested in that you're one and done i know that you enjoyed it uh so you can get into that when you talk about what you've played and then of course um what i've also played a little bit of and and going back into pretty decently heavy i technically touched near so there you go hakuto um i'm you know he didn't put it in his playstation though i just i touched no it's in my ps3 and i showed it uh i showed it to Corey earlier uh but Outside of that, I played Kingdom Hearts 1.5, or I guess technically 1 in the 1.5 Final Mix, and I'm working through that. 
I think I will go for platinum, but we will see. I'm running through proud mode right now, which I know is what Akuto's doing. And I showed you that picture. I want another update what to see. What are you doing? On 15, Destiny Island. 15 hours in the seaside hours. shack yeah. save, just doing nothing but tech pointing out freaking Titus on the. Titus, I want to say it the right way. No, I don't care. It right it's Titus in the way. game, but maybe that's because Waka is from a weird island and just can't say Titus. So he's like, oh, Titus. I don't know. Because I don't think anybody else says his name. I cannot remember if anyone else actually says his name. Who, and, else, who else voices um, Waka? There's like, there's somebody that whoever voices him is very famous. Like, wasn't it, it wasn't Kuwabara's voice actor from. I don't, I have no clue. Okay, I do not remember that at all. Okay, it's so, somebody. I just can't remember who. And, and for some reason, a cool borrow like reminds me of um of Waka. No, 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 no. Of the he was the voice in Power Rangers in the live action movies. The golden guy. I can't think of his name either. News to me, man. Um, I don't know. But yeah. But is that it? Is that all you've been playing? Yeah, that's about that's about it. I can't think of anything else I've played. I touched my Vita to. <laughs> to be fair, this is a bad use of the Vita. But all I did was do it to show. Uh, oh, was it John Dimaggio? Yeah. Wow. It was Bender. Yeah. I did not know that. We had our fact checker over here. <laughs> Off screen fact checker. We're going to have that on every episode now just to make sure we're not lying, <laughs> which apparently I do occasionally on accident. But thankfully, we get people to, uh, to straighten me up and tell me what I said wrong. And uh, we try and do that. Like the division apparently does have loot boxes. They are just all visual items or, you know, whatever you want to call that. Uh, so it doesn't really do pay to win by any standard. So thank you, Ryan, for pointing that out for me. Um, yeah, I can't really think of anything else, but I showed my Vita off to uh, say that the Switch is still too big. I will stand by that for the rest of my life, forever and ever and ever. Saul, good sir. What have I been what playing? Have you been playing? Uh, Kingdom Hearts 1.5. Same, like okay. you have, yeah. Uh, started up that, but I think I'm almost done with Hollow Knight. I, I, I have to be, I feel like. Other than that, Hollow Knight, though, I beat Detroit finally, got really mad at the ending. I'm not going to say what ending I got. Just know that everybody was alive. One person made it out. <laughs> and then it all went wrong. Uh, so terribly wrong. Yes. Apparently, I couldn't find the the backup, the blueprint. The back hole, I mean. The uh, back hole? Yeah, the back hole. Yeah, you know, you got to be careful with those back holes. They say they're easy to find in prison, though. So Get out of here. But <laughs> anyway, so Detroit, Hollow Knight. Uh, I've been playing you know Rainbow Six. Every Behind day. the poster, just to clarify. You know, the, uh, okay, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, good, good reference. Um, but so like, let's see, Rainbow, Detroit, Hollow Knight, Kingdom Hearts One. Oh, that's really it, actually. Uh, no, it's not. No, it's not. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. I forgot that I reinstalled that. You game played, played Metal Gear Solid Five a little bit. Oh, I think I remember you telling me that. Now I forgot that you had yeah. reinstalled it. So yeah. what made you want to do that? Just uh, I, actually, I was kind of bored, and I finished up Saw Place. Go check that out if you haven't. Um, I probably and, cups the mic, and I and I'm almost like I'm done with Dark Souls three for now. Like no platinum, sorry, Hoko two, no no no, sir, I'm not gonna get it. Uh, other than the full play, we'll do eventually. But I I had that craving of like wanting to play something that is engaging as those games are, where you're constantly doing stuff and navigating around. And that's one of those games that's kind of like that, where you're constantly traversing like the deserts and stuff, and then setting up how you're gonna infiltrate a place. I also play Dark Souls one remastered. Uh, but yeah, that's really it. I do know though that this episode is going to be really weird. We have no real new segment. We have no drop because we're recording weirdly, and for whatever reason, drop's not here. Um, so you saw what I did <laughs> in your list, okay? So we do have this this topic of the show that we're going to do here in a little bit, uh, which is our top games every year that PlayStation's been out. Basically, our game of the year. 
but we do have reader mail we can get into. Brett, why don't you start us off real quick with the message, with the reader mail question from... The newly... In our Facebook group. Whatever you want to call it, the newly settled or newly set up uh, Facebook group. So yeah, uh, you know, we didn't really talk about the beginning section, but if you want to kind of extend the conversation outside of the standard means of, uh, you know, finding, uh, going into the YouTube comments or something, if you watch us there, or, uh, you know, if you listen to us on podcast services and want to be able to share your thoughts with us and other people in the community, you can do so with our Discord, um, which we keep the link to in all the videos and stuff like that. Uh, we do have a course on Twitter at Triangle SQRD. You can find us and give us your thoughts and ideas there. Uh, and then stop it! Just stop it, Saul. I will not stand for this. Super Monkey Ball is not one of my games. I swear to God. I keep editing the keep where he has his list, and I keep erasing things and putting Super Monkey Ball in there. And it's I, been it's been amazing. I hate you. Anyway, uh, yeah, you can also find us on Facebook now. We do have a group. So if you are if you like Facebook a little more, it's a little different than Discord. Uh, it's easier to keep threads of conversation separate, depending on what you want to talk about. And we are starting to post our weekly reader mail post in there. Actually, thanks uh, to Josh Shoot for keeping up with that. Uh, we have our first question from there. And then we will cover just a little Excuse bit of new me. stuff. Not a whole lot, but we'll do some of the bit of things that we ended up coming up with. There won't uh, be a just to clarify, the reason news did not come is I've had a quite a busy week, uh, busy weekend planned with all this stuff that we had, I made plans for forever ago. And, of course, my grandfather's back home after recently having a stroke. So without going too far into that, we've been having to adapt to learning how to take care of him at the house. Uh, and then work has, of course, been busy. Um, but mostly good things. Grandpa's back home. That's awesome. I'm doing fine in work and, uh, you know. It's the weekend. I'm going to do fun stuff. So I have no problem. My boy Corey is here in the corner. Corner Corey. That's going to be his new name. Corner. It sounds oddly sexual. Who, it's just who, the, who put, or nobody puts Crash in the corner. Yeah, nobody puts Crash in the corner. Oh, man. But anyway, our first question here is actually from Miss Sarah. We'll not give any further than that, but you know who you are. Uh, she says, what game environment or slash theme do you love and get excited about to interact uh, interact and walk around? And what environment do you hate or dread to see? Some of the examples she gave was forest, water, ocean, desert, ice, mountain, fire, volcano, mechanical, sport, activity, etc. Um, and that got quite a bit of replies on there. So people apparently like that question a lot. Um. So go ahead, Saul. What you got here? What H do you think? Horror. Now, okay. So that's a good theme. Now, I guess in your mind, is it as long as it's horror that t that starts to tinge whatever the environment is anyway? So you just yeah, it, it's it's kind of everything that comes along with it. Where you are, because like a good example is PT, right? PT is just a perfect, hallway in a house, right? Example, yeah. But because of the horror nature, it tinges everything. It's no, oh, now it's dirty. It's a hallway, right? But but it's a there's a horror themed like, landscape. You yeah. know, it's it's yeah. It, it, it comes with bracing yourself and kind of getting in this mindset of, like, anything can pop out at any time. Uh, I have to be somewhat uh, invulnerable to this kind of thing. Like, you, you can't go in in a vulnerable state of mind because you're just going to get scared really easily. And then my biggest thing is that most horror games, or the ones I like that do it well, is ones that have something chase you. For whatever reason, I've said it before, something chasing me, uh, and I don't quite know what it is, is one of the most terrifying things that can happen to me. Well, I know that's like one of your biggest reasons of why you thought Alien Isolation was so great, Alien right? Alien Isolation, Outlast. See, that's uh, what I was going to say. Outlast, even I think. Evil Within does it a couple times throughout from what I've played. Yeah. Uh, even actually really early on. Yeah, really, really early on with the chainsaw, of all things. Uh, but yeah, like if you're a horror developer and you really want to make me crap my pants, 
make it to where something is chasing me in the dark and I can't see. What or it the is. feeling that something's chasing you. Or the feeling because like, that's definitely you know what's funny about PT is that it's so tense because you keep rolling through the same area and you keep hearing things and seeing things and you swear there's something behind you. Definitely when the radio says don't look, look behind, behind you, you. Yeah. and you're like oh my god. I just know there's something, and then you do it, and there's nothing. And hey, that game does like that's a great job tension. of building the tension. Yeah, yeah, it's the tension that that game that that the horror games I like do so well. So it's like it's that whole mindset. It's pretty much what you're getting into. It's a lot of things combined together. But yeah, horror games really set me up for a good mood. Other than that, though, like it's gonna sound weird, but older school games and the music and stuff like Kingdom Hearts One. Just hearing the uh, Destiny Islands theme again, I just sat there for a while and just listened to it while I was just standing around. Like, sure. Oh, so you're taking theme in, in in a slightly different sense. You're actually talking about the music and stuff. Yeah. Or I mean, I guess because like you know, it's funny. I was gonna bring Kingdom Hearts up in mind, but the reason I was gonna bring Kingdom Hearts up in mind is more about how this question's interesting because you know normally a game will have very few environment or, the- or themes like you know there's some games that move through a couple like oh well there's a desert section and here's a forest section or something like that but Kingdom Hearts does it by individual world encapsulations which I actually think is a great idea because like you know you go to uh, Tarzan in the first game and you run through jungle you have all that and that gives you like this really weird jungle vibe so if you like jungles you get the likes there uh, if you want to go to like a more cra- crazy sci-fi looking thing like when you get later in the game you get to the, like the not the world that never was, but I can't remember what it's actually called. But when you're walking, it's like floating. It's like the edge of nothingness or whatever. And it's like there's just stones floating and you're walking on air. Yeah. And you're like, oh, God. And some of it's blocked off and there's like thought, a, a weird path. Tron. Oh, Tron, definitely. And, and Kingdom Hearts 2, you go to a more, you know, that's 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 old school classic sci-fi look. Uh, of course, you have Dream Drop Distance where you go into the more futuristic. The new um, movie one. Yeah, which was cool, actually. I really oh, thought yeah, that was it a was. cool world. They, they're both, um, they both have really cool But then cool you get things like Halloween quality. Town, which give you like, you know, not quite horror, but that, you know, the that spooky that spooky vibe. Uh, that's where I was last night. Really but cool. If, if we're talking about specific games, I really like hopping in a near just for the music. Um, and, and how the music... Oddly, seems to fit the environment. Oh yeah, like that's the thing is that. Uh, Which I mean, I think a lot of games do that, but it's so noticeable, in right? Here. And it's and it's so consistent. And too. I'll say that in both Automata and the original. Oh uh, yeah, I was specifically talking about Automata, but yeah, it's very consistent. Um, our second question. This comes. Hold from- on, I didn't get the answer completely. Oh. Well, go ahead. I thought you said Kingdom Hearts was your specific game. No, I was just saying like, we were, I wanted to mention Kingdom Hearts because it's oh, okay. a game that somehow manages to have like 30 different styles in one game. Because you go, you, go you go to Atlantica and get to do that and they, yeah. you're underwater and then you go to somewhere like Alice in Wonderland and there's like a weird, <sighs> mi- you know, <laughs> but you know, a weird, oh, no. a, a war whimsical sense to everything in the world. Our OBS and, is frozen. I hope that doesn't mean the actual video is frozen. Ooh. Boy, am I making the derpiest of faces right now? If we're still alive, I am sorry. Yeah, we very well may be. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, just uh, forgive us for a second. We're going to do something real quick. We are doing stuff a little bit differently. So, does that stop recording, I wonder? Hey, we're back. Nah, we ain't stopped recording. Okay. We are doing things differently, and that's unfortunate. It's, it's that something it that's kind of that making it easier on us in a weird way. Uh, so that we can have an easier time pumping out everything. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, if hopefully that shouldn't do anything outside of just making the video look stupid for a couple seconds. Uh, try Boy, to keep an eye on that. Video? You mean me look stupid? I'm sitting <laughs> over here with my eyes all frozen and stuff. But going more specific to, uh, you know, different styles, it's, it's funny that before I even thought about this question, I mentioned it earlier, that there's something about Victorian London-looking games that just, I don't know what it is that resonates with me. I'm like, I can't wait to dive in there. It's a big reason I thought the order was so cool. Definitely with a slightly steampunk vibe. 
that the order threw yeah. in to the Victorian and, and London older style. Castlevania games do that really, um, really well. For sure. I think that Castlevania is actually a good example of that style, that Victorian London. There's something cool about it. It's part of what made me so interested in seeing Vampire. And when I was playing Vampire, I got vibes of the order just well, from the fact that it was so similar and the general setting of how the things worked. And it's funny you compared it to Bloodborne because people have literally said that Bloodborne is like the 3D Castlevania game. Like, oh, yeah. I've heard that from so, a lot of people. Yeah. And even though I didn't play it, Part of that Victorian London style uh, is what makes me want to go back and play Castlevania Lords of Shadow. The yeah. first one that people didn't hate on, on but PS2? the second one that everyone like. No, it's a PS3 game. Okay. Uh, and it was made by, I can't remember. Konami and... Um... It was Konami, obviously, but it was a, uh, a Mexican developer um, that I cannot, for the life of me... They're making a game now... Um, I think like Raiders of the Lost Planet or something like that, or Raiders of the Broken Planet. I, I cannot recall. No I may be wrong on that, but anyway... Uh, it's it's I'm trying to my main my brain's wanting to go to Tequila Works which was Rhyme but I know it's not them so whatever uh, but yeah I really think that's a cool one that's really my favorite one uh, ones that I hate because we didn't really go into ones I, that we hated I don't think I remember you saying one but one oh, that yeah, I, I hated uh, and I'm not gonna say completely hated but it definitely started to wear thin on me in a way that I was like okay even though the game's fun it's starting to get boring deserts can really risk getting super repetitive and it's a big reason I didn't want to play um the uh, Metagross Solid 5, specifically yeah. were you talking about I'm that, glad they do was that a well. very bland, or I'm not going to say, but definitely they didn't take a lot of liberties in changing things up. You're just in a big desert. Yeah, they, they, do, they do it well compared to other games because I hate desert areas, especially like in the old school Super Mario games. Like, but yeah, oh. see what's funny, the game that, that sprung to mind specifically was what we played this year on PS Plus Battles, which we actually need to do a poll on because we've been slacking on that. You're right. Uh, but with that said, and there's cool games this month. I think I want, I, I'm kind of hoping everybody wants to play Heavy Rain because I know there's a lot that haven't played it and it's a good, good game, a really good game. But, um, you know, going into the specific game was PS Plus Pals when we were doing Mad Max. Mad Max is a fine game. It's fun in its own ways. But the biggest thing is that the the terrain and the landscape got super boring after a while. Like, no matter what I'm doing, I just keep hitting this desert thing. And that's why I'm glad that we're not seeing that. Like, even though we're seeing Rage 2 have a lot of Mad Max in it, we're not seeing Rage 2 only scope down to this extremely desert-like environment. We've already seen more from what they've shown than just desert. Which, you know, even the original Rage had moments of what I thought was kind of cool. Uh, like, okay, well, there's colorful sky or something. Kind of like, okay, like the Fallout games sometimes tend to get monotonous from a from a standpoint of the environment around. Again, it makes sense when you're dealing with post-apocalyptic. but Well, and that's what I really, really like about um, Sea of Thieves. The skyboxes can be really pretty sometimes. That's true. Like, really, really pretty. And if I say anything, I mean, I do like the island setting that Sea of Thieves have. The fact with all the islands being that you visit them a lot and the fact that they are just all very islandy and they don't they don't differ greatly. There are times where we're playing I'm like, okay, I'm starting to get a little tired of the of the environment itself, but it's not so tiring that I don't want to play the game. It's just because the game's fun and that's why we're playing yeah. it. Not because the environment's pulling you in necessarily. Though the water is very beautiful. It is. Game. Like the whole game looks really, really, really cool in terms of And it has uh, an interesting art style that lets it pull a pretty looking and I'm not saying that, you know, We've had the argument that it should have pushed the one X more than it actually does, but at the same time, it just it is what it is, and it's a taking an art style for the fact of wanting to have a game with a style. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. So you want to do another question? Sure. So over there at Twitter, uh, Twitter Triangle SQRD, we have Mr. Sean Santarut. He says, "What mature rated game did you play as a kid or teenager? Boy, did I play lots. My, my dad didn't exactly like it, but I played a lot of them. Um, the one that sticks out in my mind the most is Grand Theft Auto Vice City on PS2." Did he say as, he one. said as a teenager specifically, right? Yeah. 
So well, he, well, it's he funny. Said, he said as a kid or teenager. Oh, a kid or teenager. So yeah, I mean the um, the Grand Theft Auto games are a great example. I was playing those as a kid. Um, playing Devil May Cry and stuff like that uh, as a kid. Yep, that's actually my two right there is Devil May Cry 1 and Vice City. God, God of War uh, for I, I darn don't... sure. Um, I don't think even though they, they had moments, uh, they weren't mature though, but I was thinking of the Prince of Persia games for some reason. I don't think they are. Oh, I think the first one was T, but I Warrior do think that is, Warrior is, Within is was M. mature. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. And I can't remember if the last one was mature or not. That's actually an interesting question because I'm trying to think of a lot of the games that I played that were just like really over the top to be a kid. I know there were other PS2 games, but obviously God of War, Sex Mini Games, and all that stuff was was pretty over the top, and you're dealing with mature things. Um, I'd say that uh, from a pretty gruesome style, uh, The Darkness, the first The Darkness game, uh, was was mature and had a pretty interesting style to it, and I actually love that game. Yeah, that uh, game's really underrated in my opinion. Man, the second one was surprisingly good. It blew. I, I was super surprised, and then I found out. I think it was Iron Galaxy that made it, and I didn't even know that. Uh, different developer. Um, or no, it was Iron Galaxy. It was. Um, it was the the team behind Warframe, Digital, Digital Extremes. Yeah, and I did not. I didn't know that. That's what it was. Um, so that, that was cool. I mean, I. It's funny. I played that game without even thinking about the fact that it was by the Warframe team because I. I actually really thought that uh, Dark Sector was really cool. That was mature, but not yeah. in a way that I was think that... was really worth calling mature. It was just mature from a visual. That wasn't oh, a 360 blood. exclusive, was it? What Dark Sector? Yeah. No, I've got it on PS3. Okay. I couldn't remember. Yep. So. Um. But our second question, and like I said before, you guys always feel free to write us on Twitter on our Friday and Wednesday reader mail questions. This would be the third uh, question, right? The third question. Yeah, my yeah. bad. Sorry, question from Twitter. Uh, I got you. But we always answer uh, these three questions, and no matter what, I don't care if you guys ask, and you're the same people every week, we like the questions, so never shy away from asking. Uh, and if you really are shy, you can hop in our DMs. We don't mind that at, at all. <laughs> Let's see. Josh Ayers says, I've been playing Resident Evil 7 without VR. It's great. What VR games would be great games without VR? Interesting question, because I think there is a very good answer to this for me, and that's Moss. Okay. No, I don't I think, know I, enough about the mechanics to know if they would work well without P, uh, VR, but I do think Moss is a, Moss is a game I want to play. I just don't want to have VR to play it. Okay. Well, so here's here's the thing that makes the question so weird, right? Is that most of the VR games that are really good VR games do interesting things with VR to the point that it's almost intrinsically tied into VR. So the thing right. about Moss yeah. that gets weird is I'm not sure how you would play Moss, and it feel the same as it does when you're in VR when you're like peeking around corners to find hidden things and, you know, moving stuff around. Because in, in the game, you are working with your protagonist. You are just, you're the viewer, and I can't remember what they actually call you in the game, but there's a word, and you you see yourself in the reflection of waters and stuff. I give a crazy mask on. Uh, it's really cool the way they pull that off. And the way that it actually ends up working is like you're manipulating things and working with Quill, uh, who's the little mouse companion that you're playing with. So you're as much of the game as she is, and I think you, I don't know if you're the narrator or what. I think it's what they call you, but it's something along the lines of of that. So when you're moving through, I mean, I think that as a game, because Blaze, that's a perfect example. Blaze wanted to play the game a lot too, but he didn't want to play with VR, uh, partially because he's worried about you know motion sickness, uh, which is a good worry. No, yeah, like that's I, I never felt motion sickness up until um, uh, that Mecha game that you had, the arena game. Oh yeah, rigs. When you go in the elevator, yeah, it was just when very it, so slightly. But yeah, it was or the fact when it, that I was going up, my body was not moving. Yeah, so it, it threw me off, and it kind of gave my stomach a backflip. 
But yeah, that's that. I mean, that really comes to mind. Uh, I don't think there's really much uh, in terms of VR that I really care See, for. See, Resident Evil, and I guess that's always the thing, right? Because Resident Evil is a game without <sighs> VR. That's it's not a VR game. It's a game with VR support that no, was made with VR in it. So I, think I get what he's example, getting at. Yeah. So, uh, but it's hard to say because again, like I actually think that if you took a game like um, uh, Farpoint. It's a game that is good because of the VR elements. I don't think that you would necessarily consider it an amazing. Like, I think it would make a fine shooter without the VR. It'd be okay. Right. But part of what makes it so cool is the fact that they have all these different ways of interacting and seeing it with the VR. Like, you know, you're seeing it from first person thing. Everything feels like you're doing it. The uh, the way that they do different motion based uh, gestures to like change the gun by putting the gun behind your back and pulling right. it out. Um, and it's even like the uh, the old staple stuff too, where you aim a gun down to reload it, and like the arcade shooters. Yeah. yeah. Well, and they they fix that in a slightly different way by just having it to where uh, the guns don't have normal ammo. Right. Uh, and that's so like you have a gun that uh, just has an overheat. It's like an electric gun. You shoot yeah. and it overheats and, and it's pulled down. That's typically a smart, good thing to do in VR. Smart too. way to do it. Uh, they have a shotgun that pulls in atmospheric pressure to create shells and then goes. So you don't have to pick up ammo or worry about it. You just hit a button and it'll start to reload. I don't think you actually have to push down. Uh, but I think that. Most of the games that I've really loved on VR while I've been playing them are games that intrinsically work because they're in VR. I don't think that Job Simulator would be near as fun no. or funny no. if it wasn't in VR because it's just so stupid totally agree. to see around it. So, I mean, good question, but it's a game that I have a hard time answering. It's, it, or it's a thing I have a hard time answering because Moss, I think, could have made a great game without VR if they didn't mechanically tie it so into VR. Yeah. I think you may be able to pull it out and just do it with a thing, but you'd have to remap a lot of things, and I'm not sure how it would work. Yeah. So, hard to say. Okay, so is there any big news stories that stick out to you this week? Well, let's roll through here real quick. Look at that. We did that in a little bit of a reverse order, just because uh, this weekend, this recording schedule, everything's kind of a little different for us, so sure. uh, bear with us through these changes, and... Uh, so there's a couple things. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, you know, this is just a weird week for all this, but we're going to go ahead and do what we got to do to keep the show going. Um, but one of the big things that we talked about, and this is in relation to last week's episode, um, is that Todd Howard has come out and more or less called Sony out for crossplay. Now, we actually saw an article earlier that was talking about it's a, he's kind of trying to linchpin this onto Sony and he's not being completely up front about how crossplay would go or work or any of that. And I mean, don't get me wrong. The, the, the moral of the story is that of course the crossplay thing continues to be a big point of contention. We saw people law, you know, just really getting on Sony for, uh, they were trying to share something else about their games that had come out this year that everybody loved or whatever, our greatest game of all time. And it was last of us. It was obviously just a joke tweet, but then people were sitting there putting stuff like, why can't I play cross play with my friends? And, and then hashtag blame Sony was number one. Yeah. So it's, it's the thing is, is that of course, with all of what's going on, we're seeing people be more vocal because there's been more instances, which is what I was worried about. Even when the initial instance of Xbox PS4 cross play accidentally happening, uh, happening on Fortnite. um, when that came up, I was like, well, you know, the more they can keep this from ha happening where there's a big time where something's happened and they're having to respond to the fact that they are the only ones not doing it, that has its own repercussions. And, of course, we're going to continue to see those. I do think this will die down sooner rather than later, honestly, uh, but I don't know what kind of effect it'll have. I think that seeing Sean Layton's statement, which he made about this after uh, our episode, he was asked about it during an interview last week, and he said that it's something that I mean, this is not verbatim. That this is just, uh, you know, con condensed and more. You know, I can't think of the word for it. But it's anyway, real. 
<laughs> Real. Anyway, so he just said that you know it's something that they're looking into and that they are trying to look at what would be best for them as a business and best for their their customers. Uh, and I think that that's a very honest answer because what he's trying to say is that you know, and I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but it sounds like what he's trying to say is exactly what I was getting at, that there are ways for them to come out of this being more fair, like unlocking the Epic account and finding a way to separate the Epic account issue from the crossplay issue. And by doing so, fixing one problem that I really do view as an inexcusable problem, even if it came from an accident or whatever, um, and then not having to necessarily address crossplay yet. Now, as they continue to get pressure from people, there is a chance that we still see crossplay be addressed when we see a PS5. I do think that they will try and ride out the rest of the PS4 generation without to doing it. Right. But if they get enough pressure, I do think from a business side, we could obviously see them change that. It's just going to be a lot of ifs, ands, and buts. Yeah. What happens will affect the outcome. I think currently we're going to see, and what it sounds like from his statement is fixing the problem that's immediately at hand and then dealing with the long-term issue of people wanting crossplay. Um, and I do think that they will get a lot of backlash pulled off. Not all of it, obviously, if they can just fix the account problem and then let crossplay be its own issue separately. But time it, will tell. It will, um, yeah. That's, and I'm curious to see the outcome in the end. Sure. So, I mean, and I do think that Todd Howard coming out and say something about it. What it just means is that he's feeding the fire, and I'm sure he's trying to use his position. Uh, you know, he has a, he has a platform as a big name developer to try and invoke change on his side, uh, which you know. Some people get into big crazy things about. I'm just, you know, hoping that gamers aren't trying to jump on him the same way as other people and other things. Not going to get into what I mean, but we've seen other things that are hobbies of people loving where they try and use their platform to make changes they see fit, uh, come back with backlash. Uh, so with that being said, I think it's interesting that he's trying to do it, and I don't think it's necessarily out of his ballpark to say it. He's saying that it's something he would like to see, and he has a voice, and he's using his voice to try and call Sony out to make a change. We'll see if they actually do something about it, because I do think he probably, he had quite a voice when we were dealing with um, the mods on Skyrim and Fallout, and I do think that there's a chance that because of all the vocal stuff that was going on with that, because originally we weren't going to get mods at all just for us to come back with some form of mods. So it shows that Sony's not against working on some kind of a middle ground. Uh, and I think, again, that reinforces what I'm talking about, of fixing the problem at hand with the account but not messing with crossplay. So it all kind of comes together. We've seen we've seen Bethesda and Todd Howard come out and make some form of change before. So his words actually may have some real weight on Sony because those games, specifically Fallout and Skyrim and all the Elder Scrolls games, have traditionally sold very well. And if they sell well on PlayStation, of course, PlayStation will make money on that. So they don't want to completely... Uh, isolate that fan base and then kind of you know throw them off it would be a dumb move for them to do so I think there's a lot to be said about that um, interestingly speaking did they talk about will there be mods in Fallout 76 have they confirmed or I, don't, I don't think so because that would be interesting. I think it would be hard to want to implement mods on a game that's always online. Yeah, that, uh, but, well, yeah, it's multiplayer-based, too, so it would be really unbalanced sure. depending on what there is. But, yeah, with it being a shared world, I don't think so. Yeah, let's see if there's anything else. I'm kind of rolling through to remind myself, busy week, and there's nothing I can necessarily think about that was crazy. Saul's or anything else? A rocket crash in Mon or Fortnite. Uh, what? A rocket crashed in Fortnite? Yeah, it crashed I don't know the enough roof about. of the ceiling and cracked the ceiling. Okay. Was that something that was like a big event that was supposed to be happening? Yeah, there was like a countdown to a big old rocket in the middle of the map or somewhere. So what does it? I mean, what does it do? Did it happen while players were playing? Yeah, you could see the rocket go up and hit the skybox, and it shattered the skybox. It put like a little crack into it. Oh, that's kind of cool. No, it is cool. Yeah, but um, that's interesting. That's kind of taking like the weird event system that you know, um, no, yeah, Destiny really, had and kind of turning it. Yeah, 
granted, like everybody who listens to us knows my opinion on Fortnite, and if you haven't, well, I like it, just not the end game. Um, but it's something I uh, I really applaud Epic for doing because they have really cool events. Like during Christmas time, there's snow and stuff, and Christmas tree lights all over the Christmas or all over the all over the trees. Sure. But, all right, so real quick, we mentioned the PS Plus pals, and we will get that poll going so we can get that. Oh, up it's already time. in there. Oh, look, Saul's quick. Um, we're gonna sit. We're gonna go over those real quick. Uh, we will get heavy rain, which is really surprising because we got beyond, and now we're getting heavy rain, and that's right around Detroit. Both of them were very sandwiched between it. Cool move. That's good. I love heavy rain. I'll play it again. Don't think I'll go for platinum though. We'll see. Yeah, Absolver uh, is a game that's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really want to play that too. Yeah. So I really, I don't care what we do on PS Plus Pals this month. I'll play both Recommend of them Absolver happily. A lot. Uh, yeah, we have Heavy Rain uh, PS4 version. We have Absolver, which was a really freaking cool, and that's a good get for them. That game is only about a year old. No, oh, yeah. So yeah, that's, I that's I that, I and I think it's a cool game. I don't think it is a year old actually. I mean, it might it may not be even a, be a full year, but I yeah. think it's somewhere around that mark. So that's good for them. Uh, but those are the two PS4 games. We have Rayman 3 HD for PS3, Deception 4, The Nightmare Princess, which is a weird JRPG for them to get uh, for PS3, Space Overlords for Vita, and Zero Escape Zero Time Dilemma August. for Vita, which is also cool because I've got the other Vita one that they've already done once. I, I mean, or that they've already done. I don't think it's this one. Zero Time Dilemma was the last one, right? Yeah. I got so the goes, one that's. Go ahead. I was going to say it should be 999 Last Virtue, that game. Last Virtue is the one I already have and not, have not worked through, but having both of them, it, it feels cooler that. I, I think 999 released on Vita, right? No. It was originally a 3DS game or DS game. I don't think it ever came to Vita. It came to, well, it came to Vita in the forms of the Nonary games. That's which what is I mean. The collection. Yeah. 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 I don't think it ever released as a standalone. I could uh, be wrong. I could be Maybe. wrong. Maybe. I don't know. But I don't, I don't recall it ever doing so. So, anyway. That's, those are the PS Plus games. That's definitely something we could easily cover. And I can't really think of any other big news. So you know what? I could be missing something, but it is what it is. We will go on about our business. And Saul, is there anything else you want to cover? Nope. I think we're good. Then not a lot we, going on this week. Yeah, there really wasn't. And there's not a drop this week. So, I mean, that goes to show there's, I guess there's nothing releasing this week. Or at least if it is, it's a surprise release. <laughs> uh, so what we're going to do is go into our... Um, Main topic of the show, and our guy, Mr. El Shabib, comes back with another one. He always has great ideas. So, again, if you ever have ideas of what you think we should do for a topic of the show, this is actually just a reader mail question, but his are always so interesting that we like to do them as full-on discussions. Uh, but if you ever have ideas for what you'd like to see from topic of the show or hear our thoughts on anything specifically, you can reach out to us on any of our things. Uh, if you want to go to the Facebook thing and reach out, uh, you can find me on there. Saul doesn't have a Facebook, so you probably won't see him on there. Uh, or I know you won't see him on there. You can find us both on Twitter. I mean, you just go to at triangle SQRD, tell us what you want there. Or you can always talk about it in the comments or join the Discord and let us know your thoughts there. Or DM us if you want oh, to. Oh, a, new, those a DMs. new pinned tweet on our Twitter that is the Discord invitation link. Uh, kindly, Richard uh, pointed out saying that the link had expired, even though it's been up for like three months now and has never expired, and it was set to never expire. Yeah. So I don't oh, know well. what made it expire, but we do have a new link, so uh, check our Twitter out for that. And, and we'll have to go back and change all the videos. The description of the video. Darn. Videos. Uh, but he says, hey, guys, hope all is well. Thank you. We hope all is well with you as well, man. Uh, July is coming up, so what is your game of the year so far across all systems and PlayStation 4 specifically? What we've done is taken that and go, okay, every year, since the PlayStation 4 has released, what has been our game of the year so far? And then, of course, going into this year, there are still games to release. Uh, and we're going to, of course, do our yearly game of the year episode like we did last year. But we'll do that in November, close to the end of our actually kind of in end of November, beginning of December, uh, around the same time that we see the actual game awards. Uh, we like to kind of do that in retrospect or, you know, have a retrospect on what they 
chose versus what we think should have been it. So yeah, we will do our game of the year so far with that subject to change. Yes. Uh, and we are keeping these specifically to PlayStation 4 just because we think it's an interesting way to manipulate this question while still keeping it true to what El Chabib was asking us. Um, so with that said, Saul, how do you want to do? You want to kind of bounce around? I think because the list is so long, I'd rather do it uh, 2013. Long. Well, I mean, we, we have five years to cover. Ten games, though. So my point is, though, because we may talk on them for a little bit, I think we'll do 2013. We'll cover that both. Then we'll move up to 2014, cover that both. That way, we, that okay. way, if, yeah, we can do that. You know, if, or if our share, if we want to do shout-outs or, you know, because I know that there's games that I'm fairly positive I know one of yours that knowing yours, I'll be like, well, I want to give it special mention, but it's not necessarily mine. So we'll, we'll see. Okay. Um, so what we'll do is start that off with 2013. And, of course, before we get into this, if you want to send us yours, we would love to hear them. Yeah. Post, uh, because right them. now going on to the Discord, completely community-oriented and figured out and arranged by themselves and going on currently is everybody giving their top 20 games of all time. Yeah. And I'm going to have to hop crazily into that to actually see them. I saw that Blake posted it on Facebook, so I'm going to have to look at them there. Yeah. And but, you guys um, leave a comment on our YouTube video as well, letting us know what, uh, what you may have thought what you thought of ours and uh, what, what are yours? What yours are too. And I'm actually, I, I'm really curious to see because I think I know some of World Ends. I think I know. I'm I'm fairly positive Batman for 2014. It's going to be Arkham. Well, no, it's going to be uh, Arkham Knight. Knight, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's his. He actually thinks Arkham City was a little differently. So, uh, And I think he may agree with me on Killzone Shadowfall as specifically PS4 games since you only had a two-month window. Uh, but we'll get into that. So for 2013, 2013, Killzone Shadowfall. There you go. Um I think Killzone Shadowfall is a weird example of a franchise taking a lot of steps in a different direction that I actually thought mostly were good. I don't think Shadowfall is as good as 2 or 3 necessarily. There was something about the grittier style I liked about those games and the way the story went over. A couple of areas of Shadowfall's story that I thought were going to be amazing, it kind of flopped on the potential of the idea of, of a wall separating a people. I mean, they and it's, it's interesting because, you know, they're from Germany, right? This is right. a this is a town that or a city or a country, sorry, that has historically had a wall that separated East and West Germany. So the idea being founded in some historical context and going far further in the future and letting the Helgens uh, be in the same world as the uh, normal humans that were part of uh, oh Lord, what is the actual name of the thing? It's something like it's not Iasis. I can't think right now. Um, but anyway, letting them be there, uh, I thought was really cool because it was like, okay, well, you could really do some weird stuff. There's some how people are handling what they consider to be a, a dis like a disproportionate balance of things depending yeah. on what side of the wall you on you're on. Uh, how people are treating the Helgens once they've absorbed them back in after the events of three. There's a lot of cool things they could have done that they did not quite touch on, and I thought that was a really interesting way for them to go about doing that. Um, or, you know, when they were setting it up, I thought it was going to be an interesting way. What it basically did is fell short of its potential, but what it did from a gameplay perspective, and what, and obviously the game is bonkers gorgeous. It still looks really good to this day. I mean, I think that there's an argument to be said that it still holds up with most shooters releasing today, and that's really a surprising thing. And it's a, it's a big show of the pedigree that... Um, that Guerrilla Games has, and we know a, that they can make beautiful games. It's a really pretty game. Yeah, you know, Horizon still looks beautiful a year and a half later. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's, it's, I mean, it still looks... there Again, the argument, even World End specifically said that he still thinks it's the best-looking game on PlayStation yet, and that's with God of War coming and Detroit coming. And, you know, there's arguments for different things, but I think as a whole, there's a good argument that 
Horizon is still the best looking game. So with that being said, I thought Shadowfall did a lot of stuff really cool. One of the things that it did that I thought was very next gen of it and trying to do something different with the idea of what next gen is possible of that wasn't necessarily capable in the original systems is going way bigger spaces and going very big with very different routes of how to get there. Yeah, That was cool. Letting you actually, with that idea in mind, taking it and running with it and going, okay, well, with these big areas that you can get to different areas, we're going to let you go through your objectives in your own um pace and you're going to go through them in your own order so i can i see four different objectives and if i want to go to one specifically because it calls out to me more and like i'm like oh wow what's going on over there i'm more interested in that i want to learn about this first that may have been to the detriment of the story because of the fact that you're not hitting things in the same way but another game that hit on that idea later as well and a little differently uh what what was uncharted lost legacy which was the idea of okay you have these four places you got to go Go hit them in your own order, and we're going to adjust the, the story and the wording to make similar. sure we do that. I thought that was a cool idea for both series to take. I thought it was cool to open up Uncharted a little bit, and it was cool to open up Killzone a little bit. Uh, and I think that mostly Killzone did everything it did with a plum. And um, the online wasn't as fun as two or three, but I still think, given what was out, it was head and shoulders above the rest of the competition. And I think, and I say that as well, going over what xbox one launched with yeah and because you know rise was a technical powerhouse but it's a decent game it's very short um i can't i mean dead rising 3 was another launch game if yeah. i remember right uh so xbox had a slightly higher number but i don't think that they had anything that quite hit the quality level sunset overdrive always looked pretty cool though yeah and i think I that was, that a, that was come... a 2014 game though yeah right? no, yeah it was. and i played it it was okay Watch window it didn't quite hit what i thought and that's why I was a little trepidatious with uh, the idea of Spider-Man being by them because originally the rumor of Spider-Man being by um, Sucker Punch made way more sense to me from a, like, oh, developer pedigree to developer pedigree. Uh, But at the same time, Spider-Man looks fantastic, and I know that Insomniac are a very versatile team. We still don't know what Sucker Punch is working on, do we? Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) No, there's something else I'm thinking of then. Another team? I think we know what every team is making besides maybe... Like, well, I oh, mean, no, no, it's Blue Point. Blue Point, yeah, yeah. We still don't know what they're doing. I don't know why I got that mixed up so badly. Because... So anyway, Killzone's my 2013. I think that's a great answer. I'm more interested to hear yours because I know that you didn't play... Okay. Yeah, it's it's Rezogun. Rezogun's a really frantic and fun game to play. It requires a lot of learning and a lot of skill in the later levels. And it actually requires a lot of attention, too. Uh, what I like about it the most is that... It is a very fun game to like listen to a podcast or a movie or a TV show to, uh, while you play, but you can't just give the game uh, not you can't just you know not pay half attention while you're playing the game because it's just hectic, uh, just to an, an undeserving level almost. Like I can't think of another game that I played on PS4 that requires that much attention uh, while you're playing. Because even in games, I like think Dark a lot Souls of the Housemark games. I think that that's like a real testament to their like that's their pedigree, right? All yeah. their games are very frantic, very quick paced. Uh, they all the run at very high too. frame because I think you know they all run at sixty, 60 frames per yeah. second to because they're they're very responsive. You yes. have to you have to be able to respond quickly. You have to know to when not, to shoot, have to dodge. You you have to know how certain bosses work. Like I, I I'm almost sure that some of the bosses in the game required you to beat them twice just to figure out how to how to like. How to or not beat them twice, but die twice because it's the first one's like a practice run. Oh, to how understand to, yeah, how, to how to go to about doing it. How to sure. kill a boss. And that game was like now when you say a boss, it's more like a wave driven game, right? Where you're kind of doing this no. world because I played Resogun, but not a massive amount. There's there's levels and bosses. It was free, so I played it, and yeah. I mean it was fun, but. It, those style twin sticks, I guess, would you call it a bullet hell game, I guess? I mean, or is it just a twin stick shooter? 
I'd call it either or really can be made arguments for. Because I may be thinking of Stardust. Because that's a very similar so style Stardust game. is very similar. Are you talking about the ones where you're circling planets? Yeah. So that's Stardust. Okay, so Resogun, yeah. how did it end up? Resogun was a um, up and down uh, 2D side scrolling um, shooting game. Up, uh, so more akin to something like Galaga? No. Well, what do you mean then? Side scrolling. Oh, side scrolling. So instead of going up and down, you go inside. I got you. Yeah, you're going side to side. Uh, and the, the there's particle effects in the game that look at. See, I'm saying I really don't even remember Resogun. I know that I played it because it was a free PS Plus game for some period of time. Yeah. But I never got around to actually checking it out. Um, yeah, it's a it's a really really um uh really really like just I, I'd say fantastic game. Oh, so, so it's side scroller, but it's still circular. I may go back yeah, and play that down. thing. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, it's looking familiar now. It's super hard, uh, and it takes a lot of time. I to see master. why it makes me think of Stardust, though. Yeah. Visually, it definitely does, but it's yeah. a cool look. So yeah, and it, it, it's a really pretty game. So yeah, that that was mine. I wasn't really interested in Killzone uh, at all, really. Uh, and I actually played it on my brother's PS4 at launch. Killzone? I, yeah, I didn't have a I didn't have a great time with it. I played it on the hardest difficulty, um, with and, no crosshair. And is that what the hardest difficulty on has? all the Killzone games? I'm fairly positive. I didn't play on the hardest difficulty of that one, but two and three shared that. You play the game with no with no See, crosshair. I don't, I don't remember that, but that just could be because I didn't play much of the game. I played sure. like the first. I remember two hours. you played a little bit of online over here. Yeah, 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 and online was actually pretty fun, um, but not fun, um, fun enough, obviously, for me to go get. It's never been free on PS Plus, has it? Shadowfall, not here. It's been free in Europe, which I think. is crazy. That game is on sale constantly as like seven ninety nine and nine ninety nine at GameStop. It's a good game. I'm so, surprised it's not been free here. But the thing is, you notice that with PS Plus, this is like a slight tangent. PS Plus has gotten to the point where it's almost the same everywhere now. Used to the Europe games be very different than the oh, US. Yeah. Europe is the exact same this month, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe the PS3 game or, or PS uh, Vita game has It'll changed. Be yeah. But I think the PS4 games are the exact same. So because that, that 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 month we got Abzu and they got something else, and I was really jealous they got what they got instead of Abzu. Yeah, I can't remember what it was they got. It was either. like it was it was February, I think. Yeah, I don't remember, year. but that is that that. I mean, I got you. I I understand. It's so 2014 uh, though. Yeah, quick shout out to Nat. <laughs> hey, I love Nat, man. It just wouldn't be this podcast without me uh, saying that Nat was at least a decent game. Uh, and we're gonna get back into that in a second uh, with another game that I always talk about. But for now, 2014, uh, infamous second son is my shout-out, and I feel like it's really worth talking about because as much as that game disappointed me, it's funny because a lot of people liked Infamous, right? I mean, it was, it was a beautiful game. It's very fun. It's still a beautiful game. Man, when they did the PS4 Pro patch for it, it is gorgeous. I almost can't believe it still looks as good as it does, definitely with HDR, because the game already oh, yeah. had beautiful a, there's lighting. A, there's some really cool colors in that game. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, Second Son was an interesting thing where I think the, the story I found to be a lot... It left a lot to be desired in comparison to the likes of Infamous 2 and even Infamous 1. And Infamous 1 was more rough around the edges in a lot of ways, but it had way more intrigue and a magical feeling that gave to it. So I can understand why I, th I may be thinking of 1 in a very nostalgic way, uh, but 2 I've played multiple times, and I, I, I played all of them multiple times because I got the Platinum for 1. I should have the Platinum for 2, but screwed me over with that glitch. Uh, that said, I think 2 is a great game. And it does everything. And even thinking back about it now, I clearly know why I feel like it's a better game. It gave way more credence to side stories and even trying to give you some semblance of a story when you're doing side quests. Uh, the side quests in Second Son were very... The, every area was the exact same. Uh, take it over, 
go to this billboard, call in, crazy stuff happens, you fight them, spray paint some areas. And it was very tedious. It made getting the platinum not fun at all. It was a all. cool mechanic, though, of how you held the controller. Well, yeah, but that's the problem, right, is that early on people are worried about the PlayStation controller being a gimmick. And now we know that it really isn't for the majority of the... Yeah. It's, a, it's a great controller, and I still stand by it's the best DualShock in my opinion. But with that being said, it was bad for the game to do that because... People were already worried about the B-Dub having gimmicky ideas and the D- the DualShock 4 being gimmicky. And you, what you saw is Killzone Shadowfall use it in a really cool way, which is actually controlling your owl, which is like your assistant, with the touchpad and flicking it going across. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of games use the touchpad in a way that didn't feel gimmicky and it felt like it actually added to the experience. And, of course, that game comes in and does that. And it's like, is it cool? Yeah. Does it show off all these things that you can do with this that you probably wouldn't have thought about? Yes. But is it really out of the game after you've done it once? No. And that was a big problem. So I thought that that was a big letdown. I thought the story had two black and white of a... And it's funny I'm talking about this in this way because I do want to say the game is incredibly fun. I mean, it is the most fun Infamous game for a lot of reasons. There are things I liked better into the ability to uh, pull over a quick menu and slot out what your changes were. So you could change between ice or fire, depending on which one you sided with, and, and electric. So you already had multiple powers going in that game. And then you also had the ability to change out, like, specifically your hand fire, your shield blast, and all these different things that you could do. And being able to change them on the fly and very quickly change your styles and then locking them in, like the different bolts you could do. There was like one that was more geared towards headshots. There was one that was more geared towards having three of them go out and center on one person so you were doing more damage over time. So like precision and tracking and stuff. That's Kind of, yeah. So, I mean, it it was set up in a way that, honestly, they both felt really good, and I wish that Second Son would have had that. But Second Son, doing what it did with as many powers as it did and so well, I still think was great. The only power that felt, and they, they even said it was kind of because of a rush, the only power that didn't feel fleshed out enough was concrete. Yeah. Uh, and that was just an unfortunate thing uh, where, yeah, it was cool and it was, it was OP, but it wasn't fun. It was just yeah, there to be I, OP and cool because it was late game, right? Um, but, you know, Second Son, to finish up my kind of what makes it not hit the game of the year for me, uh, and it's a, the way I worded it earlier whenever I was talking to Corey about it, is that Second Son... I was I was really hyped for it, and it had so much building off of what I loved about one and two, and even um, the game that they did that was like infamous uh, blood, whatever. Where Cole was a vampire, uh, which was awesome. I really Car- loved Carnival that game. Of the blood. Carnival of uh, something. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's I guess I came into it with too much hype, which is going back into our eye. You know, we had that episode about controlling hype, and I normally am good about keeping myself there. But I came into the game and was ultimately disappointed, whereas the other game I'm going to talk about surprised me. And that's why it's kind of found its way into this for me. Um, But the thing about Second Son is that when it comes to decisions, two handled decisions from a way less black and white thing. You look at both things and be like, wow, there's a positive and a big, there's a huge positive and a huge negative that are not black and white on each one of these decisions. And it really is morally ambiguous of what you really should do. And you can understand the side, definitely the final decision both ways. The entirety of Second Son felt like, oh, I'm just going to be a dick. And that's why I'm making this decision because I just want my character to be a dick. And that's what apparently being evil means, right? Instead of being morally ambiguous, but doing things that are questionable. Uh, instead it was just, Oh, you're doing something that's obviously bad and trying to make this person who's on the edge. Like, uh, I'm not going to spoil the game necessarily, but things go down and like you meet this person who's already, you know, she's on the edge and you're going and you're either going to help her be more, crossing over this more this line that's not even morally ambiguous it's just clearly evil uh or you're going to try and pull her more towards a good size it's just 
it doesn't have any weight. It doesn't have any emotional resonance to me. It just feels bad. And it leads you to feeling like when certain things happen throughout the story that none of them are weightful as they needed to be. Uh, and even when you get to the end and you're fighting Augustine, which is not a spoiler at all. It's obvious. It's what the game's building to. Um, but it just doesn't feel worth it at all. And it's a game that was incredibly fun, but lacked a lot of heart in my opinion. Um, I know that there are people that feel a little bit differently about that, but my game that actually is it is the Talos principle, which was a puzzle game. I love puzzle games. Uh, I was very hungry after portal two for a game that made me feel as good as portal two did while being a puzzle game, which meant a puzzle game that had a story that was actually really like thought, like thought provoking and made you be like, Oh, well, I didn't, I wouldn't have thought about that. I was really surprised when portal two made me care about the characters in a puzzle game that had not been done to me prior. Portal one was an incredibly fun puzzle game. And of course introduced GLaDOS, but going into depth of everything and making you care about why GLaDOS and, and Wheatley and all these people were doing what they were doing. And the personality that was linked to them was great going into the Talos principle. And it's funny, a lot of the games I end up loving do this, like, what is it to be alive question and like existential crisis and all this stuff. And that game handles that in such a cool way. And I'm not going to talk about it too much because I spent a little more time than I should have on infamous. But, um, I think if you've not played it and you were even loosely, loosely interested in puzzle games you should give it a try it goes on sale often for a small enough amount that i think it would be worth playing it's an incredibly interesting game and it takes a lot of weird liberties look into it there's it's it's not hard all the puzzles are interesting when you see them you finally get them you're like wow it felt really good to get to that point uh and the story consistently keeps you asking questions and wanting to go forward uh and i think that that surprised me so much that it still is a memory to this day that i had and i regret playing it on pc because I was, it was on sale for cheap enough and it wasn't on sale on PlayStation yet. And I missed the fact that I didn't get pl trophies. And I constantly wonder if I want to rebuy it just to play it again and get trophies. But go ahead, Saul. So I didn't play mine in 2014, but it came from 2014. And I played it late 2015 into 16, into 17, into 18. Uh, and that is Final Fantasy 14 or Rome Reborn. That game was so good. For some reason, I actually thought you did start it in 14, but I guess no. not. Huh? I mean, well, I started technically at the very, very end of 14. I started the trial that they finally put out on PlayStation. So I guess technically I did play it in 2014. Yeah. But um, that game was so good that I have spent hundreds of hours into it. Probably the most uh, amount of hours I've spent into a gaming series uh, this generation, other than Dark Souls and Bloodborne combined. Uh, it is something that I can always go back to and have fun with because I could change up variety in terms of classes I'm playing, in terms of the quest I'm doing differently. It's always a really good time. People I've I've talked to have asked, is it worth the fifteen dollars a month? It's well worth the fifteen dollars a month to play. Uh, it's still it, it should show that they still have a subscription fee in two thousand eighteen, and people still pay it to play the game. That should show you the quality of that game. When right we know there. a lot of games have started with Warcraft, subscription fees yeah. and stopped. Now Warcraft still has a subscription. No, no I'm fee. saying that that's the only other game yeah, right now, sure. big MMO that it's sure. facing, and it's still like there. You'll you'll you can get to debate with somebody every day about you know which one's better. And a lot of the argument now is leaning towards Final Fantasy. I've heard of multiple people who played hours, uh, like days of hours worth of in sure. World of Warcraft go to and Final And it's Fantasy. funny because prior to that, it was World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy XI. Yeah. Those and, are the two big games. And it's crazy how Final Fantasy XIV is such a weird evolution of eleven as well because of how similar they were. Um, but I, like, I, I mean, that's a good answer, I, man, because saw, we saw fucking um, 
what is it, um, Elder Scrolls Online go from being a game with a subscription to dropping it because, yeah. now don't get me wrong, they're still making it more money it. with it being a free-to-play. Yeah. They're doing well, but they could not support it because people did not feel the game was worth the nope. money. And, that, and, that, and that, in the game, it has, I've, I've never been kicked from a server. I've never been like, in, like every now and then you run into a big city like, um, uh, ooh, what's it called? It's a big old sea, it's a, it's a city that's really, really pretty. Um, and I cannot believe I think I can't think of the name of it. Didn't play the game enough to but, ever remember. Um, it's it's a main world hub and it has markets and everything, and that's one of the most popular places to go. Um, but it's called like Locosta. I can't think of the name of it right now. Um, but you get a little bit of slowdown or frame drops when you go in there because there's literally fifty something people running around, and then, then it's really fun. I think I've showed y'all pictures before of like the Ginyu Force that were at the gates of all <laughs> the people doing the Ginyu Force yeah, poses. Yeah. So oh, it's so fun. It's. And to put an ending note, I'll Which, say, was it a mod? No. Like so those just, poses are just those, in there? Those poses are just in there. That's fine. Um, but uh, to put a little ending statement on it is that it was good enough that I got Dark Souls 3 on release date and I went home and I continued playing Final Fantasy 14 for three or four more hours before popping in Dark Souls I remember Story. you telling me that. So, yeah. Good game. I recommend it to anybody who likes RPGs and Final Fantasy games. Well, since it's I a keep- good Final Fantasy game. Yeah, since I keep doing these weird uh, shout-outs, because you know that's how I always am, I'm... I'm you can't tell me that I have to choose something and me not be able to shout it out. Something else that I thought was really close. Uh, is there any other game on, from 15 that you think, or far as or from 14 that you think was like a real close nothing, tie for nothing you? Nothing that's worth mentioning for me. Okay, no. I got you. I got you. Because I know you didn't really play Infamous, and, and really it was kind of a slow year, you know? Lin- Lin- 14 was a slow Lin- year, really. Limsum Lominsa. Limsa Lominsa. Limsa Lominsa. So it didn't have a C in it at all, Saul. So. What do you mean? <laughs> You said it was a C, a big old C. Did you say city in a weird way? Is no, that what I it was? said C. Oh, a C. I <laughs> uh, gotcha. Like water. Yeah, water. Okay, uh, 2015 then. You want to take this one, Spearhead? Or you want me to go ahead and go? Go ahead and go. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> well, it wouldn't be a PlayStation podcast featuring me if I didn't talk about The Order 1886, boys. Uh, Love the game. Played it two times a year at least. Uh, I actually stayed up for... 12 hours after a long work day and beat the whole game in one night yes uh but that doesn't mean it was short and i can go and show you where my original save shows for 11 hours and like 39 minutes i'm gonna round that up to 12 that's fair uh plenty of other games are that long didn't get it uh that said though my actual game is funny because there's a lot of competition in 15 right 15 i mean there's enough competition bloodborne yeah i was gonna say i'm bloodborne well no go ahead but 15 was the year that we started seeing PlayStation kind of speed up with their exclusives. We started seeing more ambitious and less sequel-based third-party games, which was something that was kind of newer. You know, it's like prior to that, the beginning of 13, all the third-party games for PlayStation 13 that were big were all ports of games that were already released on PS3. Uh, and then 14 going into that was sequel to those. Uh, you know, we had things like I think 14 maybe and 15, but I'm pretty sure it was 14 was like Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, so that's what I mean. You saw sequels, and now don't be wrong. Inquisition was a very loved game, so not hating on it. I didn't care for it. I had it on PC, didn't like it that much. Um, but oh well, got it for free, didn't matter. Um, but with that being said, the game that ended up sticking out the most to me, and I know a lot of people in the in the Discord who are going to know. I know that this is their game. There's no ifs ands doubts about it. I love Bloodborne, and I played the hell out of Bloodborne. But the game that that sticks with me to this day in a very different sense, and it's a very big like. It has become what I compare all RPGs to, The Witcher 3. And I don't think that I need to even say too terribly much about that. I know that it's different for you, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, you throw that shoe. Uh, <laughs> uh, that said, though, uh, the, the thing about it is that I still think to this day, for a number of reasons, The Witcher 3 was supported in a way that no other game prior had really been supported and continues to be supported. Even this year, we are just seeing PS4 Pro patches coming and Xbox One X patches coming. It's a game that continues to sell well. It's a game that is undoubtedly going to fund the entirety of Cyberpunk, whereas before... The thing about The Witcher 2 is it was a big enough game, but The Witcher 3 was still a big gamble for them. They, oh, yeah. The Witcher 3 made them the studio that can take whatever creative challenge they want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're totally right. And, and Cyberpunk that's really cool. I'm super excited for it. Yeah, and Cyberpunk looks great. But that's the thing is that the reason I'm excited for Cyberpunk is that knowing that I already compared The Witcher 3 to other games that I think were amazing, I don't think it's a, com- a completely fair comparison to compare The Witcher 3 to Skyrim because they are very different games from very different eras. Skyrim was coming at the end of a, of a console generation that would no way, form, or fashion would have been able to do anything close to what The Witcher was trying to attempt um, and succeed at, really. Um, so, I mean, it's when you get something that's so good that you literally have to start using it as a comparison point for other things, which is kind of what Kingdom Hearts is for me in RPGs, and Nier is also very high up there. If a JRPG, specifically JRPGs, sorry, if a JRPG doesn't hit what I think either of those games have hit, it becomes like, it doesn't mean I won't enjoy it, but those are like the, is it in that level? If so, wow. And that's kind of where I go with that. Uh, so Witcher 3 for me, and I don't think i got to go too far into that, uh, outside of the fact that the game is just oozing with detail, has the some of the greatest side stories that have been in games. Wh- what is it, huh? Is it overcooked? Hold on. We, if he, I'll say, oh, if, my if bad, he makes, my bad. If he makes a list, uh, I'll hop off to go to the bathroom when we're done, and I'll let him spit out his list verbatim. Uh, <laughs> but I will say, though, that Bloodborne is mine. We all knew that was coming. No uh, yeah, I didn't. Shocker there. And now, is there any competition? Because the, no. the thing about The Witcher, I know, is that you've still not actually gotten enough time with The Witcher. I, I don't think I'm wrong in saying this. 12-ish hours. To feel like you can give any real... Yeah, but you don't feel like you can give any kind of real thing about it. Because you it, you just end up... No, you, it's a fine game. It's you're indifferent on it, loose, basically, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a fine game. It's just not for me. Um, I couldn't keep up. Like, the story was kind of bland and, like, didn't give me enough motivation to go do certain things, in my opinion, with certain things. Like, it just wasn't great. Uh, but... Uh, Bloodborne had me playing all the way through till the very end, and then once again for the platinum. So, shout out to Bloodborne. But uh, 2016. I'm gonna let you spearhead this one because I started not, with all. Of them. I was gonna say it's not gonna be really much difference. Dark Souls Three, but we all knew that was coming as well. <laughs> Dark Souls Three. Dark Souls Three. I like how you just mentally have yours. I'm over here like, no, nah, I gotta write this crap oh, no, down yeah. so I don't forget yeah. this. Yeah, I, I don't know why you have a list. I, I have all this stuff tucked right in my. Well, big, because I do feel like there's a lot of games, brain. right? I feel like there was a lot of games that really, definitely in 2016. Well, see, what I did was was just went with my gut. Every time I thought of a year, I thought of a game I played, except for 2013, because I actually did not have a PS4 till the end of 2013 or the very beginning of 14, whichever yeah. one it was. Um, but yeah, like I just thought back of the past couple of years and what game stuck out, and then that was the game that um, that I chose because that that is what just my gut was saying. But yeah, Dark Souls three most definitely. Go check out the Dark Souls three. Let's play over okay. there uh, on on Saul Saul Place. So seven episodes of delicious goodness. Oh, you didn't get a PS four until uh, twenty fifteen, end of twenty fourteen, beginning of twenty fifteen. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. So that's why that. these games were so because different space. Yeah, for you. I was still sucking up uh, Dark Souls one, two, three, and Demon Souls or on PS three. Yeah, one and two and Demon Souls on PS three. Yeah, uh, as well as some Metal Gear Solid five four. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm all messed um, up right now. 
a man, I okay, so I, I get it, and I, I knew that was going to be yours. The reason I think that I had to have a list for this is that definitely starting with 2016, PlayStation 2016 is the year where PlayStation and third parties really started hammering down with interesting things. Sony caught up with being able to have a consistent release schedule of first party games that were all really crazy good alongside third party games that were really crazy good. 2016's got so many games that I love so much. Dishonored 2. I freaking love, and it's really hard for me to not say Dishonored 2 for this. Uncharted 4, maybe not as good as Uncharted 3 to me, but still a great game. Ratchet & Clank was a surprisingly good game. Yeah, I did was, not... that was fun for what I played in the yeah. last month or two Oh, yeah, when, when we did PS Plus Files for it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think Ratchet & Clank was great. It was a year full of games. Uh, I, I mean, I want to mention Titanfall 2 was a great game. And I think oh, that it there's really a, was, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of arguments about what the best shooter for that year was. But, I mean, Titanfall 2 was great. And then, of course, you know that I talked about Infinite Warfare a lot. I thought Infinite Warfare Final was amazing. Yep, Final Fantasy 15 was good. It's not... In the it's not in the runnings. To be fair, I love the game, but it's just not in the runnings well, as I'm much just, as I'm I love it. Big big titles from sure. that year, but it was a big year for a lot of big games. Oh yeah, and so and, and you know I went on about um, specifically I went on about uh, Infinite Warfare a lot. I really love that game. I played that game three times in a row when it came out because I was working on the platinum just to get to the zombie stuff to realize I couldn't do it by myself yeah. and that I and it made me incredibly sad. So, I mean, with the year being that stacked with stuff and we're also talking about a year that pushed off thankfully Gravity Rush 2. Yeah. And then also had the game that ultimately wins it for me, which is The Last Guardian. And it was really interesting to get to that point, but when this is the same thing with you, right? I know all these games are in that year, but what I had to do was just close my eyes and go, 2016, favorite yeah. game, bam, Last Guardian. It's because it's the one that sticks with me emotionally the most in a point where I'm like, I still feel like I've not experienced anything quite like it since I've played it. Yeah, that makes sense. And I do think it's a game that just has that weird heard special feeling. Similar. Now, I know that it's a game that gets some people very frustrated. It's a it's a divisive game. It didn't sell extremely well. Uh, it was it was potentially the last game that we see Fumita Ueda make with Sony. We don't know. Well, no one knows new, if this new game. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, we, we don't, don't know, know if, if it's it will. Sony, though. Well, yeah, exactly. So uh, it will be on PS4 almost undoubtedly, but will it be an exclusive? No one knows, and it's very interesting to see. Uh, I, do, I do think that the reason he left shows that he probably doesn't want to be with Sony, at least from an own standpoint. It may be a second-party game. Hard to say. Um, but I think The Last Guardian is an easy answer for me uh, because it's it's so emotionally resonating. And it it's funny, even watching a video today about it, uh, when we were watching Video Game Donkey playing it, even him doing stuff on purpose to make the game look like it's kind of ridiculous, it just goes to show all the things that I thought were so great about the game. Like having a having AI in this, in, in Tirico, Trico, whatever, the, the cat bird thing, I loved it because it felt so much like having a, and, I, and I'm a sucker for animals, I talk about it all the time. It had such a connection with me. It made me feel like I was building a connection with a dog for myself or a cat for myself. And I'm already a, just a big sucker for animals. Going through all that and then feeling the same thing, definitely when you get to the parts where there's trauma and there's issues that happen surrounding this animal, just for you to end up going, oh man, this animal can't express its thing, but I know it's hurting and this is hurting me because I can't do anything necessarily in the moment to help it until I get to the point where I can. And then also the fact that it kind of goes towards you. It's a very... I guess part of why I appreciate it so much is that it's a relationship that it's a relationship that is built with almost no words because the only words that happen are the words you say to him. And I think that that's really special by the end of the game. I don't know what Saul's doing over here, but by the end of the game, 
the fact that the ending had such a big impact on me was extremely evident that the game had almost sneakingly built a ridiculous connection with me between this little bird dog thing that doesn't even really exist and a little boy. And it was just cool. So I don't know. Saul, what do you want to do for 2017, man? We both know it's near for both of us. So uh, (laughs) why don't you go ahead and talk? Because I know you'll say every single thing that I could potentially say about the game. Other than it took like three tries for me to get into it. But when I got into it, I got into it. Three tries? Yeah. Oh, because you got, I got it, it at launch. launch. I tried to get on my vacation when I still had the game. Then you decided then to trade, I it, trade in. it in, and then I got it again digitally uh, when it was on sale for twenty five, I think, or thirty. I don't remember what it was on Man, sale. Man, you got that in a steal if you got it for thirty bucks. It was twenty five or thirty. It was twenty four ninety nine or twenty nine ninety nine. I just can't remember what, which one I bought it at. And what about um, and, and later in the in the same year? So yeah, that, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. So like, uh, it was our game of the year last year. If you guys, yeah, watched that and episode. I will say we've gone head over heels for it and all the our game of the year stuff. If so, if you've seen it, I won't go on too terribly long about it. But of course, it's a game that I feel like. Uh, probably shouldn't have existed in this landscape but we you know a lot of people uh, accompany the fact that sony has been so it's funny because you know in the current landscape we're seeing sony get yelled at <laughs> we're, get, we're seeing sony get yelled at for all these things that they're considering anti-consumer and all these things but for a lot of things man we would not have gotten a game like near automata had it not been for the playstation 4 and its success and the way that it's built things pc alone would not have been able to have justified near automata's uh price to make even though it was a very low budget game it didn't have much behind it but you look at the sales of near automata right near automata's over three million copies if i remember right with three million copies sold I guarantee you, and I remember looking at the numbers at one point, the, the PC sales of that game are like 500,000. Now, with that being said, the original Nier didn't sell 500,000 anyway, so it, it's still doing better on PC alone. But if you want to see a game like that succeed, we're seeing the game succeed specifically as a PlayStation, but it's a game that is weird. It takes a lot of odd approaches. It mocks a lot of things that are cliches about the, the, the franchise, or about JRPGs, not franchise alone. Um, but it does all these really cool things that JRPGs tend not to do in this day and age. And it was part of what you're seeing as a resurgence of, of JRPGs in this generation that was sorely on a decline last generation. And you're seeing it with things like Final Fantasy 15 coming back and being trying to be different. You're seeing things like Nier Automata being truly different uh, from what you're seeing in the, in the current gaming landscape. And uh, I think Yoko is a very interesting guy. And it's a game that's worth playing for the soundtrack alone, uh, but also a great story that you will probably be surprised by the time you get done that you care as much as you did. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a testament to show that sometimes people with crazy ideas make the coolest things. Uh, so that's all I'll say about that. Uh, my shout-out for 2017, because I think that Saul would agree with this to a good extent, um, and it's just also, you know, it's, it's funny because it's coming off of what I was talking about with Microsoft's con- conference, but Ninja Theory's Hellblade, I think, was an awesome game. Is that your background now? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I yeah, think it really was, and that's one of those games I'll stand by that you cannot play that game with TV speakers. You have to play the entire game with headphones. Well, and it's an experience, right? It's yeah, a, it's, it's a game part of that the experience. It's more than a game; it's an experience, and it becomes so much more as you're playing through it. If and I mean, I don't want to say if you do it the right way, but I mean, if you play that game with headphones on and you just let yourself get lost, if, if, I mean, the game just may not be for you, and I know, and I know that. But if it's a game that's even remotely for you, I think you'll again be surprised at how this, how Melina Jurgens or whatever her name is pulled this character off with having no acting experience at all. She did a fantastic job. Uh, And I think that while in some ways you could say it trivializes what they're trying to get through with these mental disorders, it has to do so slightly to be able to still be a game. Uh, But I think that they did far more good than they did bad. (laughs) 
Or Coke too. I, I we we love and hate you all at the same time. My God, did you see Check it? Discord. Oh man, did man. He, regardless, yeah, um, it was it was Hellblade a fantastic was a great game. experience. Thirty dollars for like twelve-ish hours of gameplay is perfect. The the experience was was fine. Uh, a lot of things that could be left up to be hit or miss at the end too, in terms of like what's going to happen and anything else <laughs> revolving the series. It was really worth the money, and it came at such a great time of that last year. It did. It and came in a really good like right because nothing right because man, the beginning of last year was so freaking heavy with games that it came at a time where you I didn't feel like I was inundated with things to play. I actually had some time to breathe and then right. played it, and it was a good relaxation and kind of a breakaway that that was like. But to well, go against my normal self, go ahead and finish. Sorry, so. Oh, no, I was going to say uh, it, it was a good experience to have as a, like a vacation game, like a game to do or a game to play while there's nothing else coming out right now and to relax with. Sure, and but, I'll say like my last thing about it is that this will actually go to a conversation we had earlier when we went to go eat about the order, right? So I and, and what I even said earlier, right? Twelve hours for a game, it definitely as polished as I think that the order was. Uh, it was a very beautiful game, and it still stands out as one of the prettiest games on PlayStation Four. Um, you know, I understand the argument. I was glad to pay $60 for it because I remember it. And I, but objectively looking at it, I get that it's a game that's hard to argue why it's $60. Definitely when you get even more proof of that when Hellblade comes out at a similar length at half the price. Right. And also with production values that are hard to argue. Now, don't get me wrong. Hellblade ultimately doesn't look as good as The Order. But for Hellblade, Hellblade to look as good as it does and as AAA as it does when it's not even a real AAA game... At the price point that it came out at, it does go to show you that, yes, a game coming out at $30 and being that crazy good and that long and having, you know, it did set a new expectation of what you expect from linear-based games uh, that we probably won't see a lot of. Definitely now that we know that Ninja Theory have been bought by Microsoft. I hope that means that we get to see them do an even bigger budget uh, game, but I hope that they don't lose the sense of the, the, the what do you want to call it? I don't want to say it in a, in a, in a way that Excuse sounds me. like it's pejorative, right? Uh, but I think the desperation that led them to try odd things to get the product they were seeking led to some of the most creative things in that game and the creative ways of doing things, like the way that they worked around getting a facial capture scan. That creativity that pushed that, I hope they don't lose by given, being given a huge budget to do what they want. I hope that that means that they keep this creativity and go, now we have the budget to push it to its exact limit of what we can do with that, and I think that's a good way to do it. Okay. Um, 2018, I actually feel like we're probably the same on this. Yeah. Uh, from a PS4 standpoint, I know that you are Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight on Switch and is your Octopath, actual game of the year. But. Yeah, Octopath so far. But, you know, this is this is only June. Like, almost uh, actually. It's, it's, it's July. July. No, it's June. I forgot there's 31 days in June. Um, but, yeah, so. No. What? It'll be July when this episode go, goes live. It, so let's just say July. It's July when the episode goes. So, I mean. Okay, so <laughs> you okay. seem oddly confused. No, I am. But it'll be July when this episode goes. So we're saying we're, it's in July. Okay. Whatever. So, yeah. Uh, so, so this yeah, is, yeah, we, this there's is months. subject to change. But yeah, God of War. God of War, hands down. Yeah. And I know we talked about that a lot in the impressions episode. If you want to hear us talk about that, uh, go back and check the impressions episode out. We've talked our heads off with this, so I don't necessarily to, to know. To do an ending of this episode, though, to round it out, Corey, do you have your games on top of your head? Uh, yeah. Come on. I'm gonna go use the bathroom, guys. So oh, we're gonna, gonna have our, our first very guest. first guest. Well, okay, uh, Blaze is a guest, I guess, but he's part of it. Yeah, this is not something we do in a lot of normal circumstances. But since Corey is staying with Brett this weekend, then uh, we're kind of in his bedroom right now in a weird way. So uh, let's go. <laughs> All right, Corey, give him to me, buddy. 
So, right, we, so we, we know 2016, but I'm going to let you get there on your own. Yeah, my list. Talking to the mic. Talking to the mic. Oh, oh hey. There you go. Get that get that baby up to you. So, you got to talk uh, right here. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, ooh, hello. Silky smooth butter. Hi, everybody. Uh, so, my list is a little different. Like, y'all, y'all probably don't even know. Uh, but mine's oh. going to start at 2015 because that's when I got a PS4. Cool. So, uh, my... My game of the year for 2015 was Bloodborne. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my shout out. Is that why you were booing me over there? Yes. Yes. Have you played The Witcher? Yeah, I played The Witcher. Who did you enjoy it? The, no, I did not. At all? I, no. Okay. Hey, I, I get it. It's not a game for everybody, not, nor is Bloodborne, to be fair. It was not for me. Uh, but my shout out was Until Dawn. Like, I loved, I'm a huge horror fan, and uh, it's just so beautiful. I, I was expecting, you know, one thing, and it turned out to be something else. Amazing game. I that actually what's funny is when when I was going through this and really thinking, I almost wanted that to be my game because I was like, it's it was so good. It's just if I'm gonna have a shout out, it's got to be my game. And I did love Until Dawn. I want to go back and get the platinum because that game honestly surprised me and it showed me that another studio can try this because okay, it's, it's a little different, right? But the idea that they were doing uh, Supermassive when they went in that game was way more along the lines of what you see typically from a Quantic Dream game because you can say that Quantic Dream games are similar enough to Telltale games but I feel like that's doing a disservice to the Quantic Dream because the games are way more involved there's way more outcomes way more. and it's just they're way more polished than what you see on the side of something like Telltale they don't come out episodic they are one full thought that happens in one sitting which is ironically the way I play uh, the Telltale games, but they're not trying to end on cliffhangers and come back in. Uh, it's flowed in a very different way. So, uh, so, I mean, I think that Until Dawn's a great example of a weird under-hit game that, like, and again, a game that they didn't even expect to do well. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I, I bought it way late. I got it, I got it, uh, let's see, back in 2016, towards the end of 2016. Okay, so you didn't play it and, in yeah, 2015. Yeah, no, I played sure. it way late, and, uh, I mean, I got it for, like, $8. And oh yeah, yeah. I, I ran through it like four times in the first weekend that I had it. It's just so good. I loved everything about it. Man, I, I say I don't want to get into spoiler territory on that game at all, but no. man, I did not expect what the big bad was, and that made me really happy. So much of the way they pulled that game off. I mean, and you know what's funny? We were talking about gimmicks, right? And going about how certain games were showing off that, okay, well, the, the DualShock 4 can be kind of gimmicky. I actually feel like the way that game tries to utilize the idea of working in the PlayStation and the DualShock 4 specifically is, um, more interesting input methods and control methods is using the uh, gyroscope in it in the moments of fear. Oh, yeah. Like whenever, you know, there's stuff going on and you're hiding and you're having to hold the controller steady and there's a box uh, that's the same. Still. Yeah, and it's, it's the, so there's a box on screen for those of you who have not played the game in case this will push you into playing it. There's a box on screen at the bottom that's the same shape as the light on the uh, DualShock, the little um, kind of tri triangle shape. Super uh, clever. But it's there and so you have a light inside of it. And it tracks your controller. What you have to do is keep your controller still while you're doing it. And it's like, because it's so tense, you certain people would actually have problems keeping still. And it was a cool way to do it. And you felt like really like, oh man, if I mess up, it's I, probably going to be bad. I know I might have possibly lost someone because I was just like, uh-oh. And moved just a little too much. And it was like, what's, she's gone. <laughs> what's funny is I lost somebody. I, I went through almost the entire game without losing anybody. And then I lost my favorite. I, I, oh. I, I lost my, my waifu, Ashley. That was my girl. Aww. I felt so bad that I lost her, and it was because of something <laughs> stupid. I'll tell you about it when we're done here. But go ahead. What's your, So that's 2015? So that's, uh, uh, that is, yeah, that's 2015. Okay. 
So, 2016, Overcooked is my shout-out. Surprisingly. Oh, shout-out. It's my shout-out. Oh. It's my shout-out. I will admit, like, I loved Overcooked so much. It was it was the most fun I had playing a game. Like, sitting around with my buddies on the couch and just hammering out, trying to cook all this food and get it out the door in a timely manner was just, it was just so much fun for me. Um, but my game of the year would be Uncharted 4. Because, like I said earlier, uh, before, yeah. uh, I strongly stand by the fact that I think the Uncharted series is the best first-party PlayStation exclusive. Series. It's, and, it's, it's and I think that it's really hard to argue that from a sales number, from a review rating number, from general reverence of the series. You know, people are, they, they love it. And I mean, it's amazing. I, I'm with you. And I think that, you know, the only reason it's really hard to argue currently because we've gotten a lot of really cool new IP is that a lot of the series that, are, that this gen, or a lot of the games this gen are not series yet. So, and, and it's harder to judge one game against four games that consistently gotten better. And I think it's also because you did you play Uncharted 1, 2, and 3 on PS4 or did you play them on PS3 as they were releasing? I played, uh, I got 1 and 2 when they had the dual pack whenever Uncharted 2 came, came out. Yep. So I got 1 and 2 and I played both of those in like a couple of days. And then as soon as Uncharted 3 came out, it was day one for me. I just... Uncharted. Okay, so real quick, I know this is technically off topic, <sighs> but because you say it's your favorite and it's the best, right? What's your order? Uh, my order is uh, and I'm I'm, a, I'm a, assuming this is excluding Vita title, right? Have you yeah, ever? Yeah, no, no, you, you never played it. No, I did I never got to play. Uh, it was Golden Abyss. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't get to play that one. Very good uh, game. Though. Two, two is by far the best Uncharted. If you disagree, my inner Macho Man Randy Savage is about to pop out of me. I I, I disagree. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> no, uh, two, uh, then. Three, then four, then one. Three's above four, and that's all that matters. I, yeah, I, but I do like the, the way the the way four wrapped everything. Up. Okay, it, it was just it, I agreed. felt like it was a great swan song. Agreed, agreed. And I'll say this from a gameplay perspective: four uh, four outshines the first three in general. Yeah. But from a total package and playing them, and that's why I say depending on when you played them, right? Because if you went back and played the Uncharted uh, Nathan Drake collection, that was your first time. Oh, yeah, actually no. playing the series. Uh, I think that. They've aged well, but they've not aged perfectly. And I do think definitely one. I think two and three have aged pretty well, actually, yeah. all things considered. Uh, but four felt way more modernized. It was trying to do things differently. It added in the new mechanic with the spike, right. which was good because if they just kept the climbing the exact same, uh, just like they added the mechanics where you move your arm around and then climb. Yeah. And, and that way you have more control of your climbing. Yeah. They did a lot of things to modernize it. Continue to iterate on ideas we'd already seen, which was cool. It's what you want from a series. You don't want to go too far until you get to the point where, like, God of War happened, where it's like, well, we've had too much of that. The only thing you can really do now is stark change and either reboot or do what they did here, which I'm still going to stick with my wording of a soft reboot because it is a reboot, a reboot in every sense outside of the fact that it does continue the continuity on. But in every other facet of the thing, it is a different series. I from a gameplay perspective, from a camera perspective, everything about the new God of War outside of the fact that it oh, is okay. in the God you of War continuity. War. I thought you were talking about Uncharted. Oh, no, that sorry. A, uh, but God of War. So <laughs> Uncharted, though, had the room to still iterate on top of what they did with the first three. Right. Whereas God of War, because they had so many more offshoot games, had really just done their formula. 
and they had gone. So I, I'm with you. I think Uncharted 4 introducing the stealth mechanics the way they did, which is ironically what we're seeing in the new Tomb Raider. It looks very similar, which is cool, though, because I liked them, and it made playing the game stealthily way more fun and like you were actually playing the game a way that was meant to be played. Um, so I'm, I'm cool with that list. That's good. I, I do think 3 is the best personally, uh, but I, I mean, I understand the argument for 2. So. But okay, so 2017. 2017. Shout outs don't hit me. Near Automata is my shout out. Ah, whatever, hit me. I'll I love you. So I'm not going to uh, hit you. It, I, I loved it. Um, You're a doo doo head. Poo <laughs> <laughs> poo head. I, I Thank mean, you. I got it from Brett. Actually, uh, it was the first time I played it. I borrowed it for a few months. And you're about to borrow near. <laughs> uh,. Played I will it, force you. <laughs> played it, enjoyed it, uh, gave it back to him, then bought my own copy and just played the hell out of it. Uh, amazing game. Uh, but for some reason, 2017 Horizon was, was my game of the year. Really? It really was. Now, I'm curious because I, I think both games have an argument to be said about the fact that they are both... Strong female leads. Slightly, oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, but as Liam would say, both booties, um, <laughs> but you know, not, not two bees, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, but I think, you know, both games do different things. Uh, I think that of the two near is more risk taking. Oh yeah. And I think that maybe that's why I like it. It was so different than the surrounding landscape. Whereas there are things about horizon that have been done in other games recently and around it, but that it did very well and that it made a good, great package overall. But I guess even though horizon was amazing and I do say that, and I love the game. Does near have robot dinosaurs? I mean, what do you consider the sea monster? Shit. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call it a, a dinosaur, but arguably, Fair. um, that said, I, I get what you're saying. I know that from a visual standpoint, it was a very striking game, uh, Horizon was. And I think that from a story st standpoint, it was a very striking game. But I care more about, and I guess this is where we may differ on this, because even when I said it earlier, you know, I've said it on the podcast before, I don't think that Aloy is a great character. She's not an awful character, but she is just not as strong as I feel like she should be as the protagonist. She is, she sometimes is as flat and weak to me as other supporting characters, and I don't feel like that should ever be the case. Uh, whereas Nier Automata, by the time I was done, all of the main cast, the so I mean, and technically it ends up being all protagonists at one point or the other, but I actually liked all of them fairly equally with A2 coming in at the very bottom, right. but barely, because you, you didn't know as much about her. But with that said, I mean, by the time the game ended, I actually cared about 2B, I cared about 9S, and I cared about A2 a lot. And oh, yeah. then I even cared about people that I shouldn't have cared about. <laughs> so, I mean, it's one of those things where I guess in my mind, there's more characters that I remember from Nier right. and have fun. Like, oh, yeah, that was really cool, and I feel like a connection with them. Whereas there were very few and far between characters like that in Horizon, which, oddly enough, Silence was one of the only because he had mystery, uh, he had the mystery, mystery around him. One question. Yes. Which one do you have the platinum in? Both. Oh really? You yeah. have the near platinum for Automata? Yes. Oh. Ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you can't use that argument on me. Ha ha. Oh. <laughs> hey, you leave me alone about the near platinum. <laughs> I get, I get scolded enough. All right, and twenty eighteen so far. I uh, just got a war. Yeah, high five. There we go. It's uh, we God got of it. War was just amazing. Uh, I, I, my inner like thirteen year old was just so happy with it. Just. 
perfect. Besides the lack of sex minigame, right? <laughs> <laughs> People have legit like been sad about that. And I'm like, well, I, I mean, I get it, I guess. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not upset about it. I mean, it, it was unnecessary even back then. But just the fact that they were in all three of the, or all of the other ones. All seven of yeah, the other ones and, or whatever. And then it's just like, oh, hey, we're going to kind of reboot it. And oh, yeah, no, we don't need a, we don't need a sex minigame anymore. Which I'm Do you start with. the game and walk through the door? <laughs> I mean, I, I was. You don't know where I I'm mean, going with this, the, I guess. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> but like, I, I did. I, you know, by the time I got the platinum, I was just kind of like, "Where was the mini game?" I mean, not that it was. I mean, that was a mini was game good. at the beginning. Yeah, you it's open like, the door and then you see an O come up <laughs> above your wife's body. Oh come on! <laughs> All right, so God of War. That's good. A good answer. Bad well, Corey, thank you for being on the podcast. Uh, Saul, do you want to come over here and end it off, or do you want him to do it? Neither. All right. Oh. So this has been another episode of Triangle Squared. We will see you next week. Thank you very much for joining. And, and of course, uh, thanks, Corey, for stealing Saul's spot for a second. And apparently we need to remember to do the outro on this. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because we're doing it so differently. So with that said, we will see you all next week. This has been Triangle Squared. Thanks. Bye, guys.